0: It's time. it's time time. for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else.
1: Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. Ten, five victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. Welcome to the Love Star. of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. That's your radio flagship home of the Dallas Cowboys. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout, Brian us. he is now the co-host of the G Bag Nation, two to seven PM Central, Monday through Friday on One Hundred Five Through the Fan. He is also the pre and post game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. Brian, how you doing?
0: I'm doing great, Bobby. How about yourself?
1: I'm doing I'm doing wonderful. Uh, I, I think we're all reaching a little bit of a Odell Beckham burnout, a little bit of fatigue.
0: Well, uh, okay, wait a minute, real quick, real yeah. quick. Yeah. All right is it called burnout when you're learned exactly what the situation is?
1: Is Oh, I, I, I think burnout just for the, the discussion around it. Like we've reached a point where it's like, we've talked so much about him and I think the play, and we'll talk about this a little bit next segment. I think the players have reached a point where they're tired of being asked about it.
0: Oh no, I understand. But yeah, I understand that everybody's tired of the situation, but it was like, it's, it was a good story, but, but what happened what happened was what trainers and doctors around the league warned us about Mm -hmm. once like number one, who cleared this guy and number two, what's the injury? We get to see the injury now. So, I mean, you had that moment where Jay Glazer cleared him and trainers and doctors around the league were going, who cleared him? What team cleared him? Right. We didn't clear him. You know, that's, and now we're starting to we're starting to hear uh, that possibility of it doesn't sound good for his knee. It doesn't sound like that he is really really ready. It sounds like that he needs more time. You know, five, six, seven, eight weeks. That's what he that's what he's going to need. And everybody was waiting for this, and now it's like, oh, we had all this build up for this, and yeah. you know, it, it it's a definite story. Because if Odell Beckham was healthy and had the opportunity or he had rehabbed to where he was really ready, like guys like Jay Glazer said, and who later Ian Rappaport had to come out and Adam Schefter come out and said, well, he's not ready yet, but it could be this time. He needs several more weeks. Yeah. See, what happens is we've all learned now that the knee's not right. And there's a little bit of that fatigue of, oh, Okay. I asked I asked your buddy Jane Slater this question today on 1053 the Fan. I said, "Do you think Jerry's disappointed?" I'll ask you the same question. You think Jerry's disappointed?
1: Yeah. Of the information I, I, he got- I I think I think Jerry's massively disappointed and I'll here I mean we we can just go ahead and touch on the Odell thing for this segment I think cuz here here's the thing with the Odell is that clearly the medical it doesn't came have out
0: to be a full segment, but I no, mean, no, 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 no but okay. I,
1: no, I think, I, I think we, I wanted to do a full segment on it. I was just thinking we do it in the next one, but I, I got the ball rolling. I referenced it. And so, I mean, I I'm fine doing it now. Cause here's the thing is that I think it's unlikely he plays anywhere this year um because of what he wants and, and when he would be ready. Um Micah Parsons told us today that Odell Beckham Jr. Told him five more weeks. That would be basically the beginning of the playoffs, which is what Josina Anderson had been saying in the last couple days. Um, and so I think that I would say that maybe into the future it happens, but I would say for this year, I'm going to say, I don't know, 99% it doesn't happen here in Dallas. The 1% is if Jerry let's his heart overrule his head and he's just fallen in love with the player and he just kind of goes rogue that's the one little sliver i'll give for it to happen this year because i think if jerry weren't involved in this decision i think the cowboys would have already written this off and it would have like like it wouldn't have even gone into a day 2 like like i think it's it's done and the fact that jerry does have such a strong the word it, it sounds extreme but i i promise you behind closed doors this is the way to, to this is the word to use he has an affection for that player and what he think that player represents and what that player could mean to the Cowboys this year, what that player could potentially mean to his own legacy post-Jimmy Johnson. I, I think he he's like when, when you describe the fans and that heartbreak of like, oh, now it's not good. I think Jerry feels the same as the fan base does. Oh, sure. That so, yeah. so
0: that's why I asked the question because I think that Jerry Jones, I think the Cowboys played this one right. I'm not giving him any. Not giving them any lip from me about them doing anything wrong here. They we talked about this when it first started. You have to recruit this kid. They recruited. It started with the owner general manager. It started with the it worked with the coach, it went with the players, locker room. Everybody started recruiting this kid. Yeah. And then and then what happened? They found out the knee's not right. So there's some natural disappointment. I think the guy that's the most disappointed is Jerry Jones because. I believe he gave Stephen the the. I'm not gonna say it's ultimative. I think he gave Stephen the direction like, let's see if we can get this done. Stephen Jones then comes on 105.3 and says, "We're gonna roll up our sleeves." Every time for I've ever been around Stephen Jones, and he said, "I'm gonna roll up my sleeves." That's like his buzz phrase to get something done. And I think that he was gonna try and get this one done for Jerry. I really, really do. But then when the medical came back, now the reality set in. Even Jerry, you know, it's about for the for the Cowboys, it's not about 2023 because his team, the conference, everything could be completely different. It's yeah. about right now. It's about no Aaron Rodgers. It's about San Francisco playing with a backup quarterback. It's about Tampa Bay being six and six right now. It's about Philadelphia, who you went to Philadelphia, gave had three turnovers and almost still won that football game with a backup quarterback. You know, that's how their Jerry Jones is looking at this thing. And he's thinking Odell Beckham could have helped us. If Odell Beckham was smart, and, and he's an LSU guy, so that's a question. <laughs> I know, I'm an LSU guy. Hey, hey, hey,
1: Jerry Jerry Jones told us on Tuesday, raved about his brilliance, called yes. his brilliance.
0: Jerry, I mean, I, I love Odell Beckham. But the smartest thing Odell Beckham should do right now is that he should have signed and said, okay, I'll help you here, Jerry. Veteran minimum this year for these last four games, five games, whatever, and come and work with Britt Brown and see this 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 rehab through to the end and see, it, we say five weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, whatever, you know, whatever number that is, mm-hmm. come in, take the veteran minimum and see if Britt Brown can get you ready in three weeks. See if he could get it to the point where, Hey, we're close on this. You know, you come in and you, you, cause we've seen what Britt Brown has been able to do with, with, uh through the years of working with the Dallas Cowboys, we've seen what he's been able to do for Dak Prescott you know recently for Michael Gallup you know uh
1: for Tyron Clark- Smith
0: Tyron Smith Demone Clark we've seen what he could do when he gets his hands on players yep so so if you're Odell Beckham you're like okay I'll take the veteran minimum I'll get paid and I'll see if I can rehab this thing like it needs to be done the right way and then you know uh, Trust me, I'm not saying that the the people in New Jersey or Miami or Arizona, whoever's doing his rehab, I'm not saying they're not good people or great rehab specialists. I'm saying I know that guy in the Cowboys gets people back on the field. That's what I know. And if if this was done when – if this deal was done when Jay Glazer said it the 1st of November – you might have Odell Beckham ready to play right now. You might have him ready to play.
1: Which can we be? We we can be direct about something. I think Jay Glazer you could consider a confidant of the of the Cowboys front office. Stephen
0: Jones and and also the head coach. Yes.
1: Yeah. Do you think that? Do you think that he was telling the Cowboys a similar thing as what he said on the air? And do you think that the Cowboys? That's part of their their confidence that they started exploring it is they is because they may have gotten that same sort of line.
0: No, I think they were in a situation where you know they were coming back with their quarterback and their wide receiver room. It wasn't until everything started to be mentioned about Odell Beckham that these wide receivers started playing their ass off. You know, I mean, we we go back and you and you and you look at that November first, and there was. Chicago game and there were buys and there were, you know, there's all green Bay. I mean, look what, look what, uh, look what, uh, uh, our guy, uh, CD lamb did to green Bay. Look what he did after that buy. you know, when things started being mentioned about Odell Beck, these, these receivers as a whole, and Jane Slater was on with us today on the G bag nation talking about that. She, that's a legitimate question. When it came up about Odell Beckham, all these receivers all of a sudden are like, Yeah, we'd love to have him. Yeah, we'd love to have him. Yeah, we'd love to have him. But deep down inside, they're like, Yeah, we need to play better here. Yeah, we need to like make more plays. The last five games, I would say it would be hard pressed to find a better player on this football team than CD Lamb. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe the you know, uh, maybe Pollard, maybe Pollard. But I would you would be hard pressed to find somebody that's played better than C D Lamb once all this Odell Beckham news started coming down the, the down the road. So I I I think that you know I think this was a situation where they were not playing great at wide receiver. They just weren't. And all of a sudden it's like, whoa, light bulb goes off, or you know, your quarterback's health starts to come back. You know, he's starting to throw the ball better, you know. It's you know, it's, it, it were, they were, he was making better decisions, better plays, you know? So I think there's some things involved. The quarterback started playing better. The wide receivers started playing better. The offensive coordinators started calling better plays, you know? they There's some things that have been very, very positive to the point where you're like, they really don't need Odell Beckham. But they, in my opinion, yeah, I mean, I was thinking about that dumb Green Bay game when it was fourth and three. I know I keep bringing that up. But if you throw the ball to Odell Beckham four to six times a game, I guarantee you four to six of those plays are probably going to be pretty big plays. So yeah, I,
1: and and I th- I think healthy Odell Beckham still makes this team better. Sure. So it's, I I don't think it would it would have been just a total waste if you found out he was healthy. Here's the thing that I think is interesting. It's because we talk about the burnout uh, from fans and 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 some people in general at times. I think about- it's
0: Bobby. I think it's not burnout. I think it's disappointment.
1: I, I think, think, I, think it is, I think it is disappointment. I think it's also where they just kind of go like, "Give me like." I think they're tired of the Odell Beckham like emoji tweets, and it's just like, just "There's tell us two something.
0: things." There's two things. There's the people that are disappointed he wasn't healthy enough, and there's the people who didn't want him here to begin with. They're saying, "I told you so." There's just, that's the two lines of thoughts. You either, you were on the, you were on the side of bringing him here, or you're like, Hey, they don't need him. You know, that's how I, that's how I saw it. I think
1: think there's also still a, a smaller third group, not, not nearly as big as those two. I think there's also still a smaller third group, especially in the fan base that says, I still want him like still just make it work. If he can be here for the playoffs, make it like I think there's still some people who are enamored with that. And I think, again, I, I don't think this is the direction it's heading, but I think there's a part of Jerry Jones that is in that third camp. Not, it's not maybe his whole line of thinking, but I think there's a part of Jerry Jones internally that says I still want him, even if it's the divisional round or whatever. I want him. Well, and I really want to make it work, but I think he knows he can't.
0: Well, overpay him then for this year, whatever you're going to get, overpay him, and then let Britt Brown go to work on him. That's yeah. that's that's what I it, Odell Beckham. If he really, if he really wants to play this year, you know, and have that opportunity, Britt can help him. I know that, but it also can help him for going into 2023, you know, because he's already be ahead of the game working with one of the best rehab staffs in, in the National Football League.
1: Got a couple of quotes for you. I'm interested to, for your thoughts on this. CeeDee Lamb was on Sports Center on Tuesday, and he was talking to Sage Steele, and Sage Steele said, you know I have to ask you about Odell Beckham Jr., right? And he said, nah, we don't have to, but we can. And, and he kind of laughed about it, but <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott was out there doing media availability today. We said, are are you ready to just be done with the Odell Beckham questions? And he kind of got a little irritated and he's like, I don't care what y'all ask me.
0: You know, I I don't
1: care. And then you had uh, Demarcus Lawrence Mm. who was asked today if if he wants the Cowboys to sign Odell Beckham Jr. And Jory Epstein transcribed this. He said, it's fair to say I'm trying to reach a Super Bowl. So if he can come and help us with that, then yes, I'll accept him. But if we're just going to do the circus, no, I don't. And. My question now is, we talk about the, you know, you think, you don't think it's just burnout, you think it's more disappointment. Yeah. Do you think that disappointment extends to those players?
0: I think the players are disappointed because they held out some hope that he would be here, and then it turned into disappointment when they knew that, this guy ain't ready to play, he ain't ready to help us, we got to move on. That's where I think they're at. I think there was some legitimate hey, let's go, let's recruit, let's do what we have to do because they know the player. And then the realization set in is, this guy's five weeks away? Come on, man, can't have that. That's where I think they're at.
1: You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to say for it? All right, Brian, enough with the uh, the dream of Odell Beckham Jr. Let's talk about the reality, the reality of fulfilling all your dreams by going to Boomer Jacks, especially on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. You know, we love telling you about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star, Boomer Jacks. And on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, they have wing lovers hooked up. Tuesdays are half price bone in wings. Wednesdays are half price boneless wings. But they've got great deals the rest of the days as well. They have three dollar drink specials, fifteen dollar buckets of beers, and that that beer is the coldest beer you can find anywhere in the Metroplex. Wall to wall TVs, live music, perp- perfect atmosphere for you know happy hour, watching the game, taking your family somewhere. Boomer Jacks has everything that you need. There are seventeen DFW locations. You can find yours by going to BoomerJacks.com. That's BoomerJacks.com. Uh, transitioning over now to guys that are here as, as uh, DeMarcus Lawrence clearly is is interested in talking about are the guys that are here. Uh, Let let me quickly, before we jump into a preview of the Texans and what you've seen on film from them, uh, let's take a look at the Cowboys injury report. Jonathan Hankins missing from practice today with a uh, non-injury personal issue. I know you have been really impressed with Jonathan Hankins and what he's brought to this team. Um, You've got Kelvin Joseph, Oh. Who is a DNP with an illness, which I think is a little interesting because it would seem that's the bug that went around. He landed on the injury report, I think, two weeks ago with the illness, too. Yeah. So, okay, I guess he's caught something else or or or, or had another issue with that. Uh, you had Sam Williams, who's also out with an illness today. Uh, limited were J. Ron to Demarcus Lawrence, and Quentin Bohanna uh, with various injuries. Uh, but it doesn't sound like those three are, are you know, Likely to be held out this week uh, because of anything. Uh, the the other big part of the story in terms of the practice participation was Tyron Smith had his 21 day window activated, and uh, you know Ezekiel Elliott had talked about how he looked good out there. He looked great. He said, "I, I feel I feel sorry for the defensive ends that had to go up against him in practice because I think they're probably gonna have bruises on their chest tonight. And uh, maybe a little bit of gas and tiring up, you know, a little bit. I I, I don't know how hard they were going on a Wednesday." That they're ending up with bruises on their chest, but uh, he does. He he looks like he's moving well. He looks in great shape, Um, and and it it sounds like probably not this week. In fact, Tyron was was walking to the weight room, and uh, you know you know the old bulldog Clarence Hill was uh, was trying to stop him and was uh, trying to get a couple questions in. And uh, Tyron said he did feel good at practice, but uh, when asked if he could go this weekend, he said uh, that's up to them. And, and I think we know what them thinks Tyron Smith's not going to go this weekend. Um, but it's good to see him out there practice regardless. And Brian, what would you say? Are, are we looking at Jacksonville more as the target? Philly yeah. at the latest?
0: Yeah. They're going to get him through this week. Let him practice. He's probably going to be an active again this weekend and then Jacksonville and then, and then play against Jacksonville and then, you know, get ready for the Philly game as well. Uh, you know, nice grass surface there in Jacksonville, probably doing some good, you know, getting to play that game. Can I circle back to Kelvin Joseph?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: I know the kid got sick. I know he got sick, and but man, something's got to change, right? Always I mean,
1: something. Always. I, that,
0: something. I know, and I, 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 there's a lot of flu going around the country, sure. ar- around the world. I get it. You know, this time of year, it's tough. Your immune system. The weather's changing. You know, you're wore down. You're not hydrated. You're not eating right. We're to the point now where Kelvin Joseph, you gotta play. You gotta play. You know, and I, I sound like a whiny little bee. <laughs> but but Kelvin Joseph, I I talk about you on uh Cowboys Break. I talk about you on 1053 the Fan. I talk about you on the love of the star and how I have faith that Dan Quinn is going to put you in position to make plays and you're going to with practice. You're going to be a better player and you're going to live up uh, to the second round pick. You know, I know you didn't play a lot of football at LSU. I know you didn't play a lot of football at Kentucky, you know, but they drafted you. They saw something in you. I'm sorry. You're sick. I'm sorry. You're not feeling good, but man, they need you to play. You know, you need to take care of yourself. So when you have an opportunity to go out there and practice and be ready for a game because you don't have a lot of experience. You just don't. You played really good on special teams, my friend. You really have, you know. But they're going to give you a chance to start a corner, you know. And now you can show people what a talented corner you are. But it always seems like it's something. And I'm sorry he's sick. And I don't mean to rail on him for being sick. I hope he gets to practice this week. It's just not a good start to his week.
1: I I, I definitely understand illness. like Like somebody being sick. We all get sick from time to time, have to call into work. That's certainly understandable. I think it's just, I don't blame anyone for just having skepticism in general, knowing there have been off the field issues with Kelvin Joseph, knowing there, there have been times where there's needed to be quiet discipline and things like that. So I don't blame somebody if they're skeptical for, he just had to come out of the game against the Vikings with an illness, missed the Giants game on Thanksgiving with an illness. Now you're telling me he's got a bug again 10 days later. That's keeping him out of practice right after Anthony Brown tears his Achilles. Certainly plausible that he could be sick two two you know two times in a 10 day span. I just don't blame anybody for being a little like, come on, guy, like what's going See, on. See, that's what
0: I'm saying though. And we know, and I'm not just saying this because of what happened, you know, that un you know, that unfortunate night. This guy is always in the middle of things. You know, you're always in the middle of things. If you know, you're going out and you're not taking care of yourself. And this is very, very irresponsible of me. And I, if you folks are going to just yell at me about it, I get it. But this comes a point in time where, and maybe he's a guy that's susceptible to sickness and to, and to, and to, and to, you know, flu and cold and all sure. those things. Maybe he's just, maybe his immune system is not as strong as others, but. There also comes a time where we've learned through the COVID situations where you have to take care of yourself, whether that's proper diet, medicine, uh, eating right, avoiding people, avoiding going out, avoiding being around people. I, I know we're all social creatures and we're not supposed to be hermits, and but there comes a point in time where, you know, you have to think about your job, you know, you have to think about what your job is, and this is your opportunity. This is the opportunity for to you to prove to wrong that people were talking about you as a bust. And again, that's why I hope that it he gets a chance to practice, he gets a chance to play, and plays well. But if you're getting sick because you're out in the streets all the time, then I'm i kind of don't have very kind words to say about that.
1: It is a it is certainly a, a at the very least, it, it's just frustrating timing. Regardless of what's going on, it's frustrating time. And, like you say, it's, it's, he
0: plays, he plays in the preseason games and he's playing well, he's practicing well. And then the first play, he comes up and tackles and then he's out with a hamstring or out. There's always something when he's, when you think he's going to get a shot at playing, you know, this, this was going to be his week. And again, I'm making a big deal about being sick. But he can't afford to miss any practices. And I'm sorry he's ill right now. Again, I hope I hope Thursday and Friday and Saturday he gets to practice so he can play well on Sunday.
1: Sunday against these Houston Texans, which I, I know you've gotten a look at. Uh, first thing I'll ask you right off the bat, because sometimes this is deceptive. Sometimes it's it's deadly accurate. The Houston Texans, Brian, are now one ten and one. Mm-hmm. Are they as bad as one ten and one?
0: Yeah, they are, and <laughs> and they really are, and because they've got they've got they've got some good players. They they I tell you what they that um, Damron uh, Damian Damian
1: Pierce Damian Pierce yeah he's a good that, player
0: he's a really good player they hit on that kid in the fourth round and I, I'll tell you what this offensive line is not any good okay. They I know they have Laramie Tunsell. I know they drafted Kenyon Green from Texas AM. He's been struggling uh at guard. He's a rookie. Uh uh Titus Howard. It was a first round pick for them uh way back in you know 2019. They've used picks. They've got three first round picks on their on their offensive line. Mm-hmm. And this offensive line doesn't do this running back or this. Oh, these quarterbacks, any help? They, it doesn't, they, you know, Pierce is a kid. He's going to run hard. He's going to bounce off tacklers. He's going to make plays. If you do not wrap him up, he's going to carry you for, he's going to get extra yards. He's going to carry you for yards. He's going to have three or four plays in a row where they don't block for him at all. And then he's going to try and find a way. He had a really rough game, uh you know, against the Dolphins. Had a really rough game against uh, uh, the the Commanders, but other than that, this kid is a ball player. He's physical. He's tough. He can run without blocking being perfect for him. He can scoot through holes. He can get to the outside. I think he's the best offensive player they've got on this football team. We'll see mm-hmm. what happens with with uh, with Braden Cooks and his injuries. Nico Collins. We'll see what you know. What kind of you know Philip Dorsett. They just don't have any skilled players. They just don't have any skilled players, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, that some of these other teams. But the one thing I think they're going to try and do is like anything else, you don't want to get a situation where you're having to throw the ball a ton against the Dallas Cowboys. Throwing the ball against the Cowboys is a disaster for a lot of teams. And for a team that doesn't have a lot of skill on the outside, it's especially troubling. And if you're not going to protect because of the offensive line, you're going to have even more problems. So – I would say keep an idea. Whoever you want to take out of the game with uh, with digs, and then put those guys in the box. Try and load up. Try and keep Pierce from uh, from making some plays on you. On the defensive side of the ball, it's a little bit of an interesting group because they got some really young players. Uh, you know, yeah. they've got some rookie guys starting. Jalen uh, Petrie is everything that I thought he would be coming out of Baylor. That was a Damn good pick for the the Texans in the second round. This kid's tough. He he's smart. He can tackle well. He knows how to knock the ball loose uh, when he gets around and tackle. If you're holding the ball a little loose, he'll punch the ball out. He's a turnover guy. He has he'll get interceptions. He had a great one last week playing in the end zone, undercutting a route there, making an interception. That 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 guy is a legitimate play player. Derek Stingley the very talented corner from LSU he's been dealing with a hamstring we need to monitor this week and see where he's at uh he's only played like nine of the 12 games that they played this year so we'll see if he plays Stevie Nelson has been pretty good for them at corner uh you know it, that's that's kind of what you're going up against right now if you lovey Smith is a guy that is a disciple of the Rod Marinelli system so if you remember what Rod Marinelli used to do with the Cowboys with the under tackle, the nose tackle, they play a lot of slant front. They don't want to go toe-to-toe with you. If you know what Rod Marinelli and that was all about here with the Cowboys, it was up the field, up the field, up the field, get in the gap, up the field, up the field, get in the gap. That's how they play. That's exactly. They're not big enough up front to really kind of take you on. Uh, so, you know, the Cowboys have got to be very mindful of there's going to be a lot of slant front. And you can't get caught trying to go one way and then all of a sudden the slant goes back the other way and then you get a tackle for loss. So being very technique sound, the scoop blocks, the reach blocks, these guys will give up some plays running the football because they have to move the front in order to make plays. I think Christian uh, Christian Kirksey is their best player as a linebacker. I think he's done a really, really nice job when it comes to making tackles. He's always around the ball. He's always in the middle of the pile. I think he's a pretty good player. But this defense will give up some plays. They've been in a, they've been behind in a lot of games. And, you know, it's been a little bit of a struggle because their offense doesn't help them at all. You know, their yeah. offense doesn't sustain any drives. They get thrown in some bad situations. But I'll tell you what, they they got a great one in that, that Jalen Petrie. He's a hell of a football player. And and also, though, with the running back, Pierce, they, they drafted – Two really, really good players.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's you mentioning that the offense doesn't help them out. I'm talking about a, a Texans team that has scored more than twenty points once this year. Yeah, There's well, they're, a, they're
0: going, they're going back to Davis Mills. You know,
1: and who's the, who, what was your opinion, just really quickly? I liked. Who, who do you, who do you like better? Do you like Davis Mills more than Kyle Allen?
0: Yeah, I've always liked Davis Mills. Was a guy I think I had on my draft board in the third round. Yeah, uh, when they were breaking, when they' were breaking down all those guys in that draft uh he was the one guy that i kind of felt like okay if you can't get one of these top guys here's a guy good option for you like in the third round i'd love to see him with more with more skill on the outside i think they have a legitimate runner this offensive line though is is is, is a problem for whoever place quarterback
1: you are listening to the love of the star podcast the love of the Star is an odyssey podcast you can find it on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Brian, before we jump into our listener mailbag here, I've got to remind everybody once again about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. You feeling a little upset about some of the recent free agent news surrounding this team? You need to go to Boomer Jacks and, and get you the wings special because you're going to feel so much better after that. Tuesdays, Boomer Jacks has half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. But they've got $3 drink specials every day of the week. $15 buckets of beer, and that beer is the coldest beer that you're going to find anywhere in the Metroplex or anywhere else. They also have wall-to-wall TVs, and I know you, when I say wall-to-wall TVs, you're thinking, oh, they have a lot of TVs. No, I mean they literally have TVs covering just about every space on the wall. It is fantastic. Any game you're looking for, whatever, it's going to be up there somewhere in Boomerjacks. They also have live music, and it's just a great atmosphere for whatever you're looking for. There are 17 DFW locations, so find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's Boomerjacks.com. Boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian. Let's uh, jump now into our listener mailbag. I tried to to pick a, a, as few Odell Beckham questions as possible oh. I knew we gonna talk about that for you know fifteen minutes. And did my guy?
0: A- did my guy Dean Julia get in one? He's uh, one I, of my. He's one of I, my favorite. That guy. He's. He's. I know. He's. Uh, I know he's kind of like thinking I was busted on him. And so I was busted on you more than It was than on him. me.
1: It was not him. It was, right. you're busted on me. He has uh, some good
0: know. questions, but I, I will say this. We got a lot of other listeners that deserve an opportunity. Bobby, let's do a little bit better job. We'll,
1: we'll, we'll see. Maybe, maybe I put five Dean Julia questions in here. I guess. Yeah, they will probably, five.
0: That probably five good questions. Then.
1: <laughs> First question here from Kyle Wickman. Right, uh, Kyle,
0: welcome I, to the program,
1: I, Kyle. Kyle is asking, do you think the Cowboys will try to extend Dak Prescott this offseason? I don't know that they do it now, no. um, but I don't think they – if they want to keep him long-term, I don't think they ever let it get to the end of the contract again. No,
0: not again. Not again. I, I mean, think they learned. Yeah, I do too. And I think a lot of it – now, let's see what happens this uh, this year, this season. You know, there. if you have a, a successful campaign – uh, you know, everybody's feeling really good about, you know, it's not a, a one and done situation. Maybe you win a couple of games. You know, maybe you get an opportunity to, to play in a championship game. You know, maybe you feel better about the head coach, the coordinator and all the things involved. I think the head coach has completely saved himself, if you want to be honest with, you know, if you want honesty from me. And one of my evaluations was going to be, OK, let's see if, if in fact, that Mike McCarthy survives with Kellen Moore. They survive then the next year was going to be about evaluating Dak Prescott because there is going to be a window that you can move on from him. There will be a window that you can do that. Now, I don't think, like you said, I don't think they want this to get to the final year and go through all that like they did last time.
1: Yeah. And I think Steven Jones is, you know, Steven's generally kind of reluctant to, to say they messed up on something. I don't think he likes to think about it in those terms, even if he privately would acknowledge it. I don't think he likes to discuss that openly. He's talked about openly. He said we probably wish we would have gotten Dak done earlier. And, I, that, and
0: so I, I I kind of think they could have got him done. And I know that people uh, around the league were asking me and not that I'm any great source when it comes to money or any of that stuff. Cause I, I'm glad there's really smart guys and gals that work on the cap every day, but I had people that I like and trust and from other teams that were like, what's Dallas waiting on here? Why are they waiting? Why are they, they why are they costing themselves extra money here? You know? And I think that's the unfortunate thing. It, could this have been a twenty-five to twenty-eight million dollar contract instead of what it is now, with maybe with more years to it? Yeah, we'll see.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I think they cost themselves minimum forty million dollars. That's probably I, what they cost themselves. I would I would the, say you're right. Yeah, like the contract. Uh, next question here from De La Cruz. Uh, De La Cruz is saying what uh, wants to ask: Can you detail the strengths between the three safeties the Cowboys utilize? How has Dan Quinn maximized them successfully? By the way, I will say this. I know we give a ton of credit to Dan Quinn, rightfully so in the secondary. There's got to be a lot of credit to Joe Witt. Joe, Joe Witt,
0: Witt, yeah, Joe, Joe Witt,
1: Witt yeah. Such a great job there. And those defensive backs have it wasn't always an easy process early no. on, to be frank, but they've they've connected with Al Harris at this point.
0: Absolutely. Al and, Har- and, yeah.
1: Al Harris has grown as a coach, I think, since he's been here. And, yeah. and I think Al Harris has learned some things, but um, you know, the, these are are three pretty unique safety types um, in, in Curse, Wilson, and Hooker. I, I mean, I think they, they all kind of do some different things. Like we've talked about before, Wilson, I think, is very good playing downhill. Um, and I, I think, you know, Malik Hooker's got great range to be kind of your traditional free safety center fielder type. Um, and then Curse is just a a cam chancellor light. Um, a a guy who can you know take away some safeties has, I think, has fantastic instincts in the run game. Like whereas I think that burns Donovan Wilson sometimes, where Donovan Wilson's just ahead of steam. I think J. Ron Curse has has pretty good football IQ and pretty good instincts in playing the run. But they all three kind of have have different strengths, and I think they complement each other really well.
0: You have a very cerebral, smart player that has great body length in Curse. Tackles. Well, you have a guy that plays like his hair's on fire in Wilson, kind of a like, you know, if you look at the number of tackles on the team right now, it's him and Leighton Van Esch. He's always going to be around the ball. He's always going to arrive with an attitude. He might hit you to the. Well, I'll say this. I think he's one of those guys that plays to the echo of the whistle. When the, <laughs> you hear the echo of the whistle and then he's lighting somebody up. I think that's how he plays. Hooker, I think last week was by far the best game he's ever played for the yeah. Dallas Cowboys. He was a captain. He started to show some of the traits that he showed uh, when he was at Ohio State, playing with range, positioning, being at the right place at the right time, you know, and making plays when he needed to be played. That He was one of the best free safeties I'd seen coming out of college. Yeah. I think his health is kind of coming back. I think he got a lot of confidence in playing in that game the other day. I think he had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder when, but I will tell you this: he's a little bit of a liability as a tackler. He is not going to tackle all the time. I no. think the other, I think the other two guys. I think Wilson will blow you up. I think Curse is the most is the most solid tackler. Wilson's blow you up, and I think that Hooker is a guy that's going to be at the right place at the right time. I don't think he's the best of the of the three when it comes to tackling. I don't think he wraps up particularly well. But when it comes to playing with a little bit of range. Playing with a little bit of awareness and being able to finish some plays, as far as like we saw with the turnovers the other day, I think that's kind of his bag.
1: I, I think it's interesting there you you mentioning uh, wrapping up because I, I think that's uh, no, I, I and I think that's a, I think that's a a good distinction to put on it because I don't think this is Trayvon Diggs where he's going to kind of ole you all the he's time. A,
0: he's a body. He's a throws his body at the legs of the ball carrier. He a, is. He is my. He's a block-down tackler is what they call it in the scouting world. Block-down tackler.
1: When I saw him at Ohio State, I remember telling somebody, I was like, if he hasn't had one yet, my prediction is at some point Malik Hooker will suffer some sort of serious shoulder yeah. or neck issue because I totally totally he, 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 yeah. he doesn't wrap it's it's technique issue almost he just yeah. throws his shoulder into guys he did it at ohio state he did it in indianapolis he's done it in dallas i don't think it's a an issue of willingness i just think it's he's, he's got bad technique for the most part i agree that. i agree uh next question here from monique critic uh monique is asking uh what's the recipe to make it to the nfc championship game for the boys which they've of course missed for. 26 years now um you know that's interesting because as it stands now i think you'd get a pretty favorable draw against the buccaneers i mean i don't think you ever want to just welcome a tom brady matchup on the road but i i I, I think that you you're i I don't want it but i mean when you look at some of the other realistic options that they may face
0: yeah the team might be bad but tom brady's tom brady in the friggin' tournament,
1: you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not going to be comfortable that Tom Brady's not going to beat me until he's he's turned in retirement papers and and it's a game day where we know he's you not. Never playing. beat
0: him. Nobody's no, ever you, beat him.
1: Yeah, you can't. And, and, and we, beat him. New Orleans just saw last week that uh, he'll he'll just get it done. Even New at Orleans.
0: New Orleans pissed that game away. Let's be They honest.
1: did. But you also see he's gonna do, he's gonna do something at the end. He always does. Mm. But I think you've got a favorable matchup against Tampa. I think you are. Damn close to Philadelphia and San Francisco as the as the top teams in the conference. I think they're all very close to each other. They all do different things well. To me, what it is is the defense, I think we know is going to come to play just about every week. The the issue for me, the, the key to getting to the NFC Championship game for me is the these consistent times where we've seen maybe the communication hasn't been on point but between receiver and quarterback. That needs to be ironed out. I think if that's ironed out and they're playing consistently well with each other, everything else on offense is going to flow out from that and be successful, and we already know the defense can step up. So, to me, this all rides on the connection between the quarterback and his receivers. That's what's going to determine if they make the NFC championship game.
0: Yeah, I kind of feel like that um, – I kind of feel like if the recipe – I think you're going to have to the running the ball and keeping the balance that way. I think they, they can't. They can't play a game like where, and we'll get a really good idea. If the game against the commanders means something, and and it, you know, and then you get Tyron Smith back in the lineup and stuff, let's see if they could run the ball with Tyron Smith back in the lineup against the commanders. That's yeah. what I that's what I want to see. If that game means something. But when you start to look for the recipes of how to if, if you want to try and avoid what you do is you need to winning the division would be the best thing by far, just to get the home game and, and deal with that. But the, the real recipe to me is if you, if you're, you know, and if Philadelphia wins the division, you're the fifth seed, stay in the fifth seed, play Tampa. We'll see how that goes. Who is the team that is, you know, can the commanders get past the giants you know, can the Commanders be say the third team that gets in from this division? I'll take my chances of the Commanders maybe being maybe being the seventh seed. Now I think sure. Seattle, San Francisco, probably going to win the West. We'll see. You know, with the quarterback situation, maybe not. But if you gave me if 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 it's Seattle, San Francisco or the commanders in that 6 and 7 hole I I would say they have a shot at going and beating Minnesota okay and then you beat Tampa then that would kick the that would kick the the lowest the lowest seed to make it then would have to go play Philadelphia yeah I'll I'll take I'll tell you what I'll take my chances of Seattle or or commanders going to Philadelphia and winning a game. I'll take that the, the
1: Washington has given Philly their only loss this year. That's
0: what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'll take my chances of Seattle playing really, you know, tough defense and playing with uh with a quarterback that's kind of been pretty good at a good running game. I'll take my chances with that against, you know, Philadelphia playing or Seattle playing or commanders playing against those guys, because then if you get them knocked out, then you knock Philly out, and you find a way to beat San Francisco, then you're looking at you get to host that championship game. You know, yeah. it'd be two, it'd be a five versus, say, seven matchup, and then maybe that's your, maybe that's your path. Maybe that's the, you know, but I, 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 I play this game in my head all the time, of trying to avoid, I think avoid the 49ers the longest. Even though they've yep. got even though they got Brock Purdy at playing quarterback, I think Brock Purdy is going
1: to be fine. I, I do personally. I, talking, I I think I think he can step in and run the offense pretty hey, close to equal to I, what Jimmy did. People
0: are getting tired of me. You talk about something people are getting tired of me saying is San Francisco wins games without their quarterbacks throwing touchdowns. All the that, time. All the time. That's how they do that. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo has games where he doesn't throw for touchdowns, and they win. So that's defense. That's running game. That's that's uh, 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 Robbie Gould kicking field goals. I mean, that's what this is. So I'm trying to avoid – because I think San Francisco, that, that that run defense is for real.
1: That, that entire defense is, is that, for that, real. That run defense.
0: But I'll say this, though, Bobby – go back and look at the teams that they've played okay and tell yeah. me tell me if these teams are offensive chat offensively challenged ready here we go they won at chicago uh they lost at chicago opening day we didn't know chicago i mean
1: right, chicago
0: yeah. wasn't that chicago wasn't what they are now running the football and all that yeah. but but offensively challenged but chicago won the game seattle we just kind of talked about right they, they were
1: they were clicking early on in the year on okay. offense.
0: Okay. Denver.
1: No, they're the worst offense in the NFL probably. Rams. Uh, no, they've had their issues this year.
0: Carolina.
1: Absolutely not.
0: They got beat by Atlanta.
1: Yeah, they got beat down by Atlanta too.
0: Atlanta ran the football on them great in that game. Atlanta. Yeah. And I, I want to say that Marcus Mariota was 13 to 14 for like 126 yards. Something yep. crazy. Kansas City. Kansas
1: good City's off- great. Yep. Good
0: offense. They, the the Rams again. Yep. They had a bye.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They had a bye. Then the Chargers. Arizona. Uh,
1: Chargers have weapons, but they haven't been able to consistently put it together. Arizona? Uh, no.
0: New Orleans?
1: Nope.
0: Miami, who they just played.
1: Miami's great. They've played Miami's some...
0: They played some offensively challenged teams. They have, they have. sure,
1: you know, sure. And but also, and I, the, think and they, the, they, and the
0: teams, the teams that have been good offensively, have found a way to beat them.
1: You know, well, no matter no matter how challenged offensively teams are, it's incredibly impressive that they've allowed. Oh,
0: they're a good team. Every, Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, half
1: points. in fact, if you're asking me, I think this is what you're saying too. I would, if you're telling me who is the Last team I want to see in the playoffs. It's San Francisco. I would rather play Philly 10 times out of 10 before playing San Francisco.
0: I I don't disagree with you. I think San Francisco came in here last year, and you were probably a better team and had the better quarterback, and you lost that game. You didn't really have an answer early in that game. I think there's a little bit of that factor of man, this is a physical offensive line. They got running backs, they got big ass wide receivers, they got a big ass defense. You know, so I I don't know about play, but I'm just saying, San Francisco has faced some teams that have been offensively challenged this year.
1: Sure, absolutely. If you're no, looking, it, if,
0: you, if you're looking at, and you could probably say the same thing about the Cowboys. You know, yeah, you probably say yeah. the same thing about the Cowboys.
1: I mean, this entire league has been offensively challenged. It's been a big storyline this year that you know the offense has been considerably down you know over the last decade this is is one of the worst seasons offensively that, that the league has seen so it's no surprise that does it for us here today on the love of the star we will be back with you guys again one more time this week uh to finally preview the texans and give you any other developments we have uh until next time we will talk to you guys later